Hey guys, it's Josh. I just wanted to let you know that you're probably really confused right now and thinking, wait a minute, Five Little Pigs is not next chronologically in the Agatha Christie canon. That should be Body in the Library. Well, Body in the Library is currently in the studio being operated on by Zach. Body in the Library is a problem child when it comes to podcast episodes. So Body in the Library is being a little delayed, but we wanted to make sure that your enjoyment of the podcast wasn't delayed. So here's Five Little Pigs out of order. Thank you. Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea. It's the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze our books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm Charlotte. I'm Zacharu. And we are happy to be with you guys today. We're using one mic because it blew up in my personal face last time. <laughs> as we're recording, Gustav failed. <laughs> as we're recording this, we don't currently have Body in the Library up, but hopefully we will soon and you guys will be up to date. Because we do have Death in the Nile and Body of the Library swapped, and so we make reference to Gustav before the joke has even been made that Gustav exists. So most of the listeners are like, who's this mouse they're talking about in the last one? Has any listener said that to you? No, it's just my imaginary. Oh, okay. <laughs> no one's, no one's paying that close attention. You're the only one who didn't know about Gustav. I've been secretly hiding him in the Instagram posts. Oh, oh okay. You, you, you do stuff Find to the Instagram Gustav. posts? Gustav. Yeah, but you don't know about it. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Today we're talking about uh, Agatha Christie's, what year was this book coming out? Uh, 40, 41? 2002. <laughs> Actually, no. It was 1942, yeah. So, so none of us were right. <laughs> so it was close. According to AgathaChristie.com. Technically, if you were rounding up, Zach yeah. was closest. Yeah, yeah. Closest without going over. <laughs> Uh, according to AgathaChristie.com, and I don't see how this could possibly be true, this book came out the same year as Body in the Library and the next book we'll be covering, The Moving Finger. That's a lot of books to publish in one year, but it's possible. Zaka has a moving finger. Now yeah. we know. The visual gags continue. Save that for next episode. <laughs> um, so, Five Little Pigs, super or... famous. Oh, it's also called Murder in Retrospect, and there's also yes. a play called Go Back for Murder. You decide, we'll have to talk about best to worst of those three titles, but yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All of them are worst. Let's talk about, well, first off, the legacy of this book. Many critics uh, and many Agatha Christie scholars say this is one of, if not the best, Christie book. Wow. Um, I have heard a lot of authors say that it's their favorite. Um, That's so interesting. And, uh, or at least the most the most well-written. Uh, and it's known as most to be one of the best Poirots. Um, and uh, so that's its legacy. But you don't hear about it like you would Death on the Nile or Murder on the Nile Express. It's not a no. title that comes up a lot. So it's not like in in like popular... In, in the group of people that like, oh yeah, I read Agatha Christie or I'll pick exactly. Agatha Christie up in, a, in the store... It, it's it's like the next tier of people right. who 
uh, you know, it, Christy means more to them. It's their favorite. Yeah. You, or people who read right. for a living, like you were saying, critics or authors. Or, yeah, it's not usually okay. the casual Christy fan. It's favorite. Um, and yeah, I would never have thought that it was that well known. What it what what is your uh, experience with this book? Uh, <laughs> and a flourish. <laughs> I did a, I did a flourish there for the audience. I don't remember when I read this, but I remember that I loved it. I think it was one of the first few that I I read of hers. Nice. One of the first. Uh it ha- it, it was one of the first ten that I read, which oh, cool. sounds silly, but when there's eighty, you yeah. Know, it works. That's still at early stages. And of an the <laughs> and I remember loving it and thinking this is like one of the best books I ever read. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think I held that in my mind. I, with and then yeah. there were none. Of course I did. Always it's like at comparing everything to and then there were none. Um, and I don't remember doing that with this, but I think I learned a lot about how to write well from this book. Um, and a weird thing, and I know we'll talk about the Suchet version, film version, a little bit later, but. That was the first David Suchet Christie I ever watched. Oh, wow. So that that has its own uh, pitfalls, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I unfortunately watched the Suchet before I read the book, which is yeah. one of those things that really upsets me. But back, yeah. back then, I just would take any Christie I could get my hand on, and that included the <laughs> movies. Yeah. And this is one you should have read first. Definitely. I agree. And I, I have watched that episode many times because I, I love that too. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time just now that I've read the book. This is the first time in my life. What? I kept meaning to get around to it and I just never did. Wow. And then eventually I was like, well, we'll do it for the podcast. <laughs> and and Zach, uh, when did you read it? Well, I read The Three Little Pigs. Um <laughs> I gotta say, it was years ago. Um, I think they made some strange choices, obviously. Two of, two of the three of them, might I add, that got them in a bit of trouble. But of course, we'll get into that a little later. Yeah. So tonight, we're gonna actually be talking about the five little pigs. Are you familiar with their tale? You mean the one that went to the market? Yeah. The one that went wee 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 all the way home? Well, there's, there's four three of them. in between. <laughs> yeah, so right. one went to the market. One went to the store. <laughs> no, that one was the one that went to the market. Right. So one went to the market, but one didn't. So the other stayed pig, home. Yeah, this little piggy went to the market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy uh, went got to Arby's. roast beef. Yeah. <laughs> and this Is that little right? piggy, yeah, this really got roast beef. Yeah, this little piggy had <laughs> roast beef. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And this looks little piggy <laughs> rang the bell. No, no, <laughs> I was just saying. I was grabbing the toe. Uh, <laughs> Oh, he rang the bell. <laughs> this piggy didn't go to Arby's. The next one. Uh, this little piggy, piggy get a Big Mac. Uh, <laughs> this little piggy just had none. This little piggy had none? Yeah. This little piggy had roast beef. This little piggy had none. And the fifth little piggy went wee wee wee. All, all the said way home. All the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning there, I was really concerned about how many toes you had. Like, because that's, that's the weird thing that, that's how most people know this, this uh, rhyme. But are. I was like... How many toes does Zach have? And that seventh pig opened Two. a bank. <laughs> this little pig yeah, gave me a loan for 1.5% financing. <laughs> and you're just holding this poor kid's toe. Um, <laughs> does it, I just, this now occurred to me, I wish I'd done that. Does anybody like know the roots of that, of that rhyme? That's not for something to find out now. I, no, I was thinking about it right now as well, actually. Like, who decided that that was the thing? Because even its connection to the book is odd. But it it's it's idiotic. Is it's what odd. it is. I don't think it's idiotic, but it's, it's odd. moronic. 
It's, anyway. it's odd, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm only getting odd from you. <laughs> well, I don't think it's stupid, but it's strange. It's not. It's definitely not the best nursery rhyme she did, but it's I not the worst. N- well, no, so it's, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Yeah. Sometimes it worked amazingly well, and sometimes it was like, okay, whatever. But this one, it felt so forced. I think even Christy didn't know why she was doing it. Was this the Because book? it came in so, so... Um, infrequent like like you'll you'll go a hundred pages in this book and all of a sudden oh yeah there's a there's a big reference and then nothing again for another hundred pages yeah and I, I think even she was like oh i was supposed to put this in here but i'm really not that committed and i know why she did it it was because people loved the juxtaposition of dark mystery with nursery rhyme she loved that. Wait, she was obsessed it, with it. It's it is a very legitimate thing, yeah. and I like it when people do it as well. Right. But I hate it when it's forced. Yeah. It, I don't hate it, this one. It it wasn't even forced. It was like she just forgot about it. Yeah, I don't hate this one. But I prefer murder in retrospect as a title. Like I don't love it, but I prefer it from yeah, Five Little Pigs. Yeah, even that is kind of lame. But, but I kind of like the idea that it could have been pigs. Like they could, these could all be pigs, and Poirot could be like a cat. I like that idea. What? So then, <laughs> did you say Poirot was a pig? Poirot was a cat. Oh, he's pig. Like, I'm imagining this book with animals, and Poirot's a cat, and he's actually interviewing five little pigs. Oh. Each of them are actually You think Poirot would be represented as a cat? Yeah, they often say he has, like, cat eyes. That's why I kind of think that. Like a brown cat, pig, a portly cat. Not the black and white cats that they have on TV. Well, yes, not a, in a portly TV. one. <laughs> Instagram with the... On yeah. the television? You know, <laughs> on the America's Funniest Home I Videos. I saw that on one of them their programs. <laughs> Alright, so Zach, we're going to give you the plot of this book. Okay. And maybe you'll be able to crack the case do in the old days. Do I need to guess which pig did it? You could by the end. That'd be fun. I feel... Do you want to spoil Five Little Pigs or not? Um... I thought about this, and I felt like we had to, and now I don't remember why Let's spoil I felt it, that. yeah. But anyway, so we're when, gonna give you. When the... do we ever not spoil it? Why do right. we go through this? Little Sometimes dance we don't. With ourselves, like Sometimes we're... we don't. Spoilers. <laughs> Sometimes we don't. I thought there was more to that. Spoilers for the Doctor Who season finale, season four. <laughs> okay, okay, really quick. We're not gonna go off the rails, but they just made an announcement about Doctor Who for the centenary 60th anniversary 60th anniversary whatever they're calling it which is the last episode for Jodie Whittaker guess who two people are coming back <gasps> I have no idea David Tennant <gasps> no Donna Noble no yeah, yeah. no you're yeah. all lying you are all making no, this up no Whee! I've got the receipts Lindy <laughs> I thought I screenshotted it oh I did yeah I can't believe you have it no, it's, it's a lie. Show me. In 2023. Did this come out on April Fool's Day, though? No, it's today. <laughs> oh, okay. It's 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 May 15th, the day of no jokes. <laughs> the day where you have to April serious, serious all, all day. May serious May day. May serious 15th. That is amazing. Isn't it awesome? Th- this finally what the people want. Uh-huh. That's exciting. They Violet. said, bring Donna back, and they said, fine. <laughs> I, I can't believe that they agreed to I'm it. So I'm excited. so happy for for them, can I just say oh, it's gonna be amazing. Good riddance, Chris Chibnall. Yeah, good riddance, the whole crew. Just go away. They're starting fresh. You know it's gonna be good because whenever you go through that lull, and that lag, it's like, whew, okay, we gotta, we gotta really work on making this, and they go, they revisit the things that people love. So and the it'll care, be amazing. the care will be back for sure. The heart, the yeah. joy, the love, the love. Mm. <laughs> All right, so this story. Uh, Poirot is at dinner. He's met by this young girl. What's he getting? 
I don't think he says. Probably French food? Probably French food. I think Probably he was escargot. smoking a cigarette, actually, wasn't smoking he? Smoking a cigar. Not great for you, Perot. <laughs> <laughs> so this young girl comes up to him. She says, hey, my mom... They met. Like, they, they met by appointment. Yeah, yeah. She didn't just show up. Right, right, right. They met by appointment. And this young girl says, hey, my mom went to jail for the murder of my dad. But she wrote me this letter and says she didn't do it. Can you find out if that's the truth? Can you find out the truth? And he's like, okay, I can, but, like, you know, what if I found out your mom really did do it? And then she's like, well, that's fine. Just I want the truth. And so Poirot talks to all the lawyers that were involved. Turns out there was only five other people there that day. So one of these five people, if she's not the murderer, had to be. So each five, each person he's going to hear the story from of that day, each person represents a pig. So we have Philip Blake, who went to the market, which means what? He was... He was a stockbroker. He was a stockbroker. And we have Meredith Blake, who was the second pig who stayed home. He just stayed home. He didn't do anything. He was... Yeah, he was just... He was a homebody. And so those two are brothers who lived near this family that were involved in this case. Uh, Philip Blake was best friends with Amias, the victim. And His name is Amias? Amias Crail. Yep. A-M-Y-A-S. Amias. Wow. Crail, huh? Yep. I gotta write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith what, is Philip's brother, and uh, he's a sensitive boy, and he he plays with like a little soft boy. He plays with he's a soft boy. He likes playing with like herbs and mixtures and and medicines and poisons. <laughs> I imagine he wears a lot of a lot of uh, corduroy. Yeah, totally. And then there was Elsa Greer, who was the pig who had roast beef because she's very rich, and uh, uh, she was Amy's she was Amy's mistress. He, uh, he was the woman he was painting. And then there's uh, Miss Williams. What's her first name? Elizabeth? Cecilia? Cecilia, sorry. <laughs> Elizabeth? Uh, Cecilia. She had none. She had no roast beef because she's very poor and doesn't have a lot. Right? So, and wasn't a mistress. Exactly. So lame. And then the last pig is uh, is Angela. So it would have been his his sister-in-law. Yeah. Who the was murdered this, man's sister-in-law. It was the, yeah, the sister of the woman who was said to have murdered him. Who was who, like a young teenager when she, the murder took yeah, place. Yeah, she's disfigured. And she wee-wee-weed all the way home. Um, so she just went home afterwards? Yeah, and she has, like, a scar over her eye, like a tear. Oh, that's... Oh. Um, no, that's... No. How does that make sense with wee-wee? She does have scars all over her eyes. Like, she was crying. She agrees a lot with Perot, so she wee-wees a lot. She wee-wees. <laughs> yeah, but she, like, cried and she was... That? Ta- she was is, taken away no, from the house. That, that joke is by far... <laughs> better than anything that was in the actual book. So it's not as stupid as Charlotte's making it out to be. It's no, not. no, 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 not the book. The book is fantastic. Just the writing And I don't thing. think that's stupid because it's just Poirot saying like, here are my pigs, Here's the here is the connection, and he thinks of it every now and then. The book is only structured like that in certain editions where each chapter is given like this little piggy blah blah blah. If it was just some random thing that she threw in there, that that's that's totally fine. If it was his internal monologue yeah. and his weird comparison, that's fine. Should that had no reason for it to be the title of the book though. And it was probably something like you said like a publisher it might have been was published. like, "Hey, or this, this sounds it. good." And I don't think she did. I think she, she did. would have put it in more if she did. If she actually liked it, she would have featured it more. I think she liked it. I think she had to put it in there, and so it was like contractually no, obligated. Christy wouldn't have done that because Christy's too testy. Christy had to sometimes do things, you know. I don't think she would have done Five Little Piggies, though. I don't think she liked it. All right. Okay. We'll see. 
We'll see. We'll ask her. Today we will be conducting a seance. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway. Oh, Christy. <laughs> so this is what happened. Uh, Amius was painting this woman, and it like came out that he was having an affair with her. Right. Obviously, his wife's pretty mad about this, and yeah, the thing is, TO'd. she poisoned him. That's the whole idea that she went to jail for. Uh, yeah, she so, was convicted and, and went to jail. So obviously, first thing you're talking about, uh, Weasel Boy, who likes his little tinctures. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, it's got to be Weasel Boy, but it's never the person you suspect. And she, <laughs> and the, we all know that the poison that was given to Amius was taken from Weasel Boy's house. So the cool thing from the book here is uh, Poirot gets the story from all the people, and I had seen the movie, so I didn't know it went this way. Mm-hmm. He meets up with all the people and he asks them to write an account of that day. So some mm-hmm. of the people he's pretty honest, like, well, like, I think one or two of the people was like, oh, yeah, because I'm trying to figure out what did it. But with some people, like, yeah, I'm writing a book about crime. And they're like, oh, okay. He's yeah. like, oh, fibber. <laughs> he told a little, like, a li- little lie for each person that yeah, he met. Yeah, something to, like, stroke their ego because he he pretends to be more foreign with uh, Philip Blake because the first character we meet is just, he's, he's like, gotten, he's gained weight. Christy hates fat person. He's gained weight since the last time, since 16 years ago. The crime was 16 years ago. And he's just being so mean and snobbish about Caroline Crail, the woman mm-hmm. who went to jail. He's like, she was stupid. No one liked her. And he says, this book's stupid for having the pigs thing in it. And the guy was like, hey, <laughs> that pig thing was my idea. And, uh, wow. like, he's just, like, a jerk about everything. So Poirot is, like, appealing to that by being, like, the guy is going to look down on him because it's like, oh, here's this foreigner who doesn't know anything. Yeah, I thought for sure I had marked that page down because I really liked yeah. the way that he did it. Yeah. But I can't find it now, of course. But, yeah. Yeah, and then, and so for some people it's like, you know, Meredith... The Weasley guy, he kind of, he uh, empathized more with Car- Caroline Crail. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Poirot was able to appeal to him a little bit more by being like, oh, this poor woman and her poor daughter. Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, she wants the truth. Right. Yeah. So everybody has, like, a reason why they're going to write this little account. And then, so we hear the account of the day that Amy has died five different ways. Each person tells their perspective, even more than that, because right. we hear little bits and pieces throughout. Yeah, I mean, that's so interesting, too, because that's what he pitches to them, and then that doesn't start till well into the third yeah. act of the book, which is really interesting, because he went and interviewed them, they told him everything, and he's like, hey, by the way, could you write this down? Yeah. And it's very, very short. Their accounts, as they write them down, are very uh, succinct. Um, so something that sounds kind of dry, like, oh, I have to read all of this about yeah. what happened, these people who don't remember it very well... It didn't come off that way at all. And you actually get clues in that third act that you exactly. need yeah, at the, for, for the reveal. And it's not over the top. It, it's played in where everybody tells the story slightly different. And the way they tell it different is subtle. And there are clues in the differences they tell. Yeah. Like sometimes somebody tells something different because somebody just saw something different than another person. Mm-hmm. But some people are just, so, somebody's lying. And you can find out who's lying. But there, there's, yeah. a, there's like a few physical clues, but like it's not like Poirot can look at them and we're just going to get a description, but it's right. all verbal. Because that's, that's the thing that makes this so interesting. And I don't know where... I didn't really find much research about this. I'm sure you know more. I don't know where Christy got this idea. She loved Five Little Pigs. 
she not, did, I don't know. It's not true. I, do, I did read that she overheard, because she did this a lot, overheard yeah, things in she conversations. Was an she's like, I'm using that. Um, but she heard the name Amias, overheard mm. it. So she was like, I like that. That's so bizarre. I'm going to make that um, a character. But the, um, totally forgot what I was going to say. What were we talking about? Where she about? got the idea. Yeah, I don't know. But it was so interesting that it was written. He's trying. Poirot is trying to solve it, and it was 16 years ago. So it's 16 years in the past, and everyone that he visits, of course, the first thing they say is, "That was so long ago. Why are you bringing this up? How am I supposed to remember something that happened 16 years ago?" And he even says at one point, or it says in the there, like, "This was a phrase that Poirot knew he was going to tire of very quickly." Yeah. And, but it was really nice because things are sketchy and things are um, poorly remembered. But then but he's like, no, some some of you are going to remember things that you didn't even know right. you had in your head because it's been so long ago. Right. And that was a neat concept, like you said, because there can't be any physical clues at all. He exactly. has to rely he entirely to... on what people think. He's and the, subject to them. Yeah, and the central thing about all of it was that every single person that he talked to was like, well, of course she was guilty. Right. Like, of course, there was extenuating circumstances. It was sad. She was pushed to it. But, yeah, everybody was like, yeah, of course the wife, Caroline, did it. Right. Yeah. Except for her, her baby sister. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the details were the, yeah, Amias was known as, the, like, this guy got around and his wife was very loving, very devoted to him. And they had all these people over, the two brothers, and, he, and Amias is painting this woman, Elsa Greer. It's very clear that something's going on, and eventually Elsa, in a room full of people, in one of the more awkward Christie events, says, like, you know, whenever I move in here, I'm going to move all this furniture around. And then Caroline's like, well, when are you going to move? Are you thinking about buying the house? And she's like, no, whenever uh, me and Amos get married and he leaves you. <laughs> and everyone's like, huh, what? <laughs> so things like heat up a little bit there. Everybody keeps hearing uh, Caroline and Amy's have arguments about this girl that he's painting, but he has to finish this painting because he is a, it's a big part of his character. He's a temperamental artist, and mm-hmm. this is the best painting he's ever done. I have to finish this painting, Caroline. Mm-hmm. It's Caroline? Caroline? Caroline, Caroline I think. Yeah. Wasn't Coraline, it? right? She had buttons for eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... And so he's painting her down on this, like, on this dock, and, like, right in front of the water, and, like, he has beer brought to him by Caroline, he, like, chugs it down, and then over the course of the day, because they had read about the death of Socrates, Mm -hmm. he, like, can't move anymore, and eventually he's dead. He was poisoned with uh, a distillation of hemlock. Right, which is, Mm -hmm. like, makes you, like, freezes up your joints. It makes you go numb from the toes up. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So he's just like sitting there knowing what's happening to him, but he can't do anything. He can't yeah. speak and say, or, you know, he's just dying. And he, he's able to finish the painting, though. Um, <laughs> he's, an he's an artist. He's an artist, you know? And so uh, everybody's like, of course, Caroline did it. She poisoned him. She brought him the beer, and they find poison in her drawer. And they ask her, like, why'd you have this? She was like, oh, I was going to kill myself with it because I was so distraught over this. And, like, no one believes him. And even later when Poirot's hearing the stories, the governess that she that she talks to is like, yeah, I didn't say this at the inquest or the, the court case, but I came up and I saw her uh, wiping down the beer bottle and putting it into his dead hand so it would have his fingerprints on it. So clearly Caroline did it. Yep. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, they're all in agreement. Like, there's some of them that don't want her to have done it because they liked her. Mm-hmm. But Like know uh, she... Meredith. Right. Weasel boy. Like... And can we talk about Amius and Caroline? Caroline, I can't say it. I don't know why. Sweet. Caroline. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Are, aren't in the book. But I think they're great characters. What? Say that one more time? Because in my brain I was sorry, going, sorry. Dun, dun, dun. Amius and Neil <laughs> Diamond. <laughs> Amius and Caroline are great characters, and they're not in the book. Like, of all the victims and murderers that are, like, dead, these past characters we no- never get to see, I feel like they are fully fleshed out. Oh, just, you mean from hearing them in... Yeah. See, we, that's why, uh, besides sorry. the fact that I wasn't, fi- I was finishing Sweet Caroline in my head, sorry, sorry. was the fact that... When you said that, I'm like, what are you talking about? Because you're right. They're not physically in the book because yeah. they're both dead. Right, right. But you feel like they're there because they are so complete as characters. Yeah. Yes, abs- I agree they're, with that. They're completely. more real than some of the pigs. The, the five people. I refuse to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's why Zach's going to talk about pigs, three different ones, by Pink Floyd. <laughs> that's the two less pigs, but it's nothing to shake your fist at. No. I did already talk about the three little piggies. Which right, is also right. two pigs that's, less. That's also two pigs less. It's a little less cool than pigs, three different ones, though. Is that what the song's actually called? Yeah, it's pigs, three different ones. Because he um, talks about three different pigs in each verse. So the big man, pig man's number one. Yeah. I don't know any. I, don't, I, don't I think it's like, we'll look at the lyrics in a little bit. All right, I'll look them up. <laughs> I'll do some re All right, we'll talk about it. So, um, yeah, but I just feel like this, all the characters, because this is the character section in my outline, like, the five suspects, I'll call them, uh, they're all pretty well-developed yeah. and, like, diverse. But when I came away from this book, I was like, I love Caroline Crail. Like, mm-hmm. I forgot how... Because in the TV version, a little bit of that is lost by some of the ch- changes they make. Mm-hmm. But she's still pretty good in that, and she's played by the actress we talked about, uh, mm-hmm. Dame... Rachel... Uh, not Dame Maggie Smith, but... What's her name? It's Diana Riggs. Diana Riggs' daughter. Uh, Rachel Sterling or Starling? Yeah, Rachel Sterling. And she's so good yeah. in that role. But Caroline Crail is so good, like, cause all the, and what she does in the book and how she is as a wife and everything. It's like, oh, this is like, if you count her as a victim, mm-hmm. like, these are the most realized of the Christie victims. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Christie had very distinct people in mind it's when possible, she. Yeah. Because if, if you think about this. In, in terms of, like, some in line with the romances that she wrote yeah. and how she made you see these characters, like yes. uh, Giant's Bread, for example, with mm-hmm. the guy who was a piano player um, right. and who was, who was obsessed with the music and that's all that mattered and he would let his life fall apart around him and the woman that was, like, completely devoted to him. Like, you see similarities with that, with that artistic temperament, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, I feel like she knew people like that, I agree. and that's why they were so real. More real than, and, and it also is a benefit of that. There's only five. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have Amius and and, but usually her casts are full of filler characters, and and yeah, you know there, there aren't any there here. Zero filler characters. There's seven characters really total. Yeah, and the only ones that are kind of throwaway, and they're not even really throwaway. Just at the very beginning when he talks to the lawyers, which he kind of right. has to, and you know that's exposition. But to be to be honest, the very first one that you talk to is somebody. His, his name's really weird. It's like Depleach or something. Yeah. 
it's like a combination of the words bleach, yeah. pl- uh, peach, and something else. I love him. They were He's so the awesome because too. in just a couple pages, she describes him as like how good of a lawyer he was, and mm-hmm. that he he was he was a perfect gentleman. Yeah. And then he w- he had this this wolf smile, and then he would completely destroy somebody on the stand. And, and like he was so cool and so filled yeah. out in just two pages. But other than that, yeah, yeah. there's no like um, crazy characters who you completely disregard. They're all right. important. And I'm glad you mentioned the romances because a lot of people say one of the reasons why this book is so good is that it's the perfect marriage between her straight fiction and her mysteries. Mm-hmm. Because think about the last book we talked about was Body in the Library. A mm-hmm. great puzzle, but as far as characters and descriptions go, there's nothing there. It's not even like you could no. critique it. It's just not there. Right. It's a paper-thin book. But this book, written one year later or the same year, <laughs> has such fleshed out characters mm-hmm. and really good prose, too. The way she described characters, mm-hmm. the, the setting, the dialogue is really beautiful in this book because it, it is a very artistic book because mm-hmm. of Amos being the painter. Yeah. And, like, it's not that she can't do one or the other. It's that she's going to try something she new. She chooses, Or right. she's like, this is what I'm doing this time. That these two books, and then you have NRM before it. Yeah. Like... That's I said this to Charlotte earlier that this book is the answer to every Christie complaint, mm-hmm. which is Christie makes cardboard characters. Wrong. Five Little Pigs. <laughs> yep. Christie uh, can't write prose. Wrong. Five Little Pigs. <laughs> Christie's plots are overcomplicated. Five Little Pigs. Yeah. Christie doesn't play fair. Five Little Pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Christie was not the first woman to surf. Five Little Pigs. <laughs> That's not a real criticism. She was evidently <laughs> the first woman to surf. I hear that pop up. First British woman to surf or something. The first woman. Okay. They said like she's the first British woman to travel, and they're like, "Why don't you try surfing or something?" I don't know how you could prove that though. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of bizarre. But people do say it because <laughs> someone had to say, "Hi, this is a surfboard." Yeah. And no one's ever used you would it be before. The, you know, you... you'd be the first British woman, and then she's like, "Well, I." <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, and further to what you were saying about can't write prose. The scene where Poirot sees Amias Crail's painting, and they took oh, they yeah, took this yeah, out yeah. of the Suchet of the TV version, yeah. which I find very sad. Even though we'll we'll talk about that, it it's amazing. But they, they took that out, and that makes me really sad because they tie it up at the end as well. Yes, he reveals her her painting, or he reveals his mm-hmm. his painting, and he's like, "When I look at this, like I see the answers." Yeah, but he, when he the scene where he sees it for the first time and it said it took his breath away and like he gets lost in a piece of art mm-hmm. which is funny anyway because it's Poirot and he's yeah. always above everything right. but he has an emotional reaction yes to this painting and that is that is just so well written mm-hmm. that scene is so good and, and I was like this you you learn more about Poirot in that mm-hmm. in that page less right. than a page of, of description than you do in Almost all of her books. Yeah. He's very real in this book. I saw complaints yeah. about him not being in it much, but he is. He's in it a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, if they're going to complain about something, they could complain about something real. Like, the writer is stretched so thin. Pigs don't eat roast beef. It's a noisery run. They would if you fed it to them. They probably would. That's probably true. slap. They would if you fed it to slap. Um... Yeah, it's it's beautiful, and the, and we'll get to it probably in a bit. But I always say that, and Zach's like last time where Zach was like, "Why don't you just get to it now? Like, yeah. why are you delaying it?" But 
Body in the Library, we said, was the the best beginning, or is known as the best beginning of a story mm-hmm. that Christie wrote. Which, and I think it is. I think that this is the best written ending. Like, the dialogue in it... It's pretty good. And it ends on... It ends so quickly, too. Because I, as I was reading it, I was, like, five pages away. I'm like, wait, who did it? Like, uh-huh. you haven't told us yet. And yeah. the, the way that the story is so simple, because the plot is so simple, mm-hmm. and the way that they can end it the way they did with, like, the last page being the solution, and then the dialogue there is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It is. It It's simple, and it feels very real. Like... Because sometimes the sum-ups can feel very contrived. And, like, yeah. this would never have gone that way. Right. And it's not supposed to be, air quotes, real life. It, right. It's a mystery story. Right. You're supposed to, you know, what is that What is that expression? The willing suspension of disbelief. disbelief. Yeah. But in this one, it you felt like you could sit in that room. It's very real. And yeah. that, that is, it was very, not anticlimactic, but it was definitely like a, like a subtle mic drop for Christy, I think. She was just like, you know what? I'm done, and I know I'm done, and I don't mm-hmm. have to add a single thing to this. Just you know, just dotting that period yeah. at the end of the end. That's all you needed. It's probably her most realistic story. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and that's that's not necessarily saying anything's wrong with the ones that have a more complicated ending. But it's all of this could easily happen. There is no really contrived alibi that only works in a mystery book. Uh, you know, no one's shooting yeah. themselves in the leg or. Anything like that. It is like, this is pro- right. how a lot of murders probably happen and how a lot of frame-ups probably happen. Yeah, It's just about it, human nature. Right, because it wasn't a carefully plotted crime. Yeah. It was a crime of the moment. The heat of the moment, yeah. yeah. And, you don't and need also, to spoil it, I guess. <laughs> and then also, um, Caroline's reasons for doing what she did mm-hmm. were also very believable. And also, it, in my mind, like truly heartbreaking that's why i think she's such a good character because you get to learn her beginning and end like her whole life and it's like she's heroic Mm -hmm. and she's loyal and you know she's charming and Mm -hmm. like Uh, she also has like these crazy like she does have that that temper, though, that she's not a yeah. pushover in any right, way. Right, right, right. But still long-suffering for being married to right. a guy like that, which yeah. we have, like, a different version of this story coming up. Uh, like, because she's doing a lot of the same story. Even that being said, do you know, and when I heard this fact, I thought it was the most mind-blowing thing in the world. So this book, 1942, and it's talking about an event that happened 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you know what happened to Agatha Christie 16 years ago from the publication of this book? Was that her disappearance? That was her bad year. <gasps> oh my goodness. And that nuts. That has got to be a reference, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's a story about a man and his mistress and that yeah, cuz I was thinking about that when I was reading that and like all of the attention <laughs> Josh is doing the YMCA. <laughs> all of the attention that she gave to Elsa made me the think mistress, a lot yeah. about her husband and his mistress. I exactly. I thought that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. It's pretty interesting. And I think Christy in all of the love triangle stories, Death on the Nile and uh, this story, um, Evil Under the Sun, all of them, there's a little bit of her inside. Mm-hmm. And the way that she always breaks a love triangle, whether or not it has to do with a twist or not, mm-hmm. is kind of revealing of the fact that she never got over this. And even though she was a great writer before it happened to her, it made her a um, an amazing writer. 
She, she, yeah, she, used she, it. she chose to use it. Right, exactly. Right, not yeah, that yeah, it yeah. needed to happen to her. I, she would have still been a great writer. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she, it, I think it taught her so much about people. And mm-hmm. she didn't just, she did, because they say she never talked about it. But in her straight fiction, she did, Unfinished mm-hmm. Portrait, which I'd like to give another chance. I was so rough on that book. I'd like to give Unfinished Portrait another chance. <laughs> but, um, um. We're not doing that. This one, I'm not saying on the show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I'd like to read it again. Okay. Um, Good for you. And I'll, maybe I'll talk about it. I do have some appeals about the ranking sometime soon. Just like a few that I would like to see if you'd be willing to switch around. Okay. Um, anyway, but this one is like so close to her straight fiction that I feel like she is herself in there. Same with The Hollow. People say the same thing where there's so much straight fiction. That is also about a woman and her cheating husband mm-hmm. and the husband dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's saying a lot about herself because she never ever did say anything about herself in interviews in whatever. Right. This was her therapy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be a hot take. Um, okay, Poirot episode. What are your thoughts? Obviously, we both have watched it plenty of times. The oh 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 the, the episode the TV, about this. The, BB, yeah. the BBC one. Yeah. So this this was the very yeah I said that this is the very first David Suchet I ever watched. Yeah. I just because this was ages ago. I have no idea how long ago. I just bought the box set of like season nine or whatever. Just I think because it was on sale mm. and just popped in the first one and it was this one. And it is now going back, having watched the entire season or the entire series a couple of times, this one is so just completely yards away, totally different from all of the others. It stands on its own by itself. And I didn't realize how special that was when I watched it the first time. Yeah. It was just good. And it is good. But it is shot differently. Everything about it is different. You haven't watched it, have you, Zach? Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. I wish you had. Um, it's it's so unique, and whoever I didn't pay attention to who directed it, but whoever mm. directed it really took every subtlety and every essence and every flavor of the book and put that into the way it was presented. Because like the the estate that they're on isn't just like some big country house. Like oh, it's beautiful. It's it and and everything is shot with a lot of light and very subtle colors and kind of. Almost like a like a Monet painting come to life. It's it's got all these subtle watercolors and brush strokes, and it's just so pretty, and amazingly cast. Oh yeah, like we said, we had we have uh, Diana Riggs' daughter and mm. Maggie Smith's son in mm-hmm. it, who now is a American uh, TV show hunk boy. He was the dad in Lost in Space. That that made him an American TV hunk boy. Yeah. Not Does my words. <laughs> like he does words. Those he are <laughs> your. Not mine. I'm reading them. Who on earth said hunk boy? Besides American you. TV hunk boy. It was the New York Times. Oh, okay. <laughs> so instead of People Magazine having the top sexiest man alive, it's now American, American TV. American TV <laughs> but he's like, you know, boy. in this he's like clearly very British. But in like uh-huh. Lost in Space, the reboot, he is like, I would not guess he's British. No, but he's also very like. He's also like very like everything's fine. It's not a very good performance. It's fine. Yeah. My life is fine. We're he's going always, to space. He's always like this. He's we're very going, rigid. We're going. I wonder if that's the same guy who was in a show that my dad watched. What was that show? With the girl who had all the tattoos. Blind spot. Blind spot. Yeah. Is that the same guy? No, it's a different guy. But oh. I know exactly. There is the exact about. same character. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not yeah. his best performance. That was his American uh, TV hunk boy phase. <laughs> Did you know after watching this again? I I googled 
is Tony Ste- is Toby Stevens happy? Because he's I've never oh. seen him smile yeah. or be happy in anything. So mm-hmm. Lost in Space, this I've seen him in other things. He was a Bond villain. Of course, he wasn't going to be smiling much, but some of them do. You'd be a happy Bond villain. I don't. I don't think he's ever. He might just have one of those faces. Never played a happy person. Oh, Doctor Armstrong in in. And then there were none. Oh, right, right. No, he didn't smile. He's just never happy. Well, Maggie Smith can't smile anymore. And, well, wait, wait. That was... <laughs> that's me. She can't do What? She's just really old. She's <laughs> in the new Downton Abbey. Well, she was in the old Downton Abbey. They need to give What's her What's your point? They need to no, give that lady like a break. she's like 15 years older now. She is so tired, and she needs them to stop. <laughs> she does not need to be acting anymore. You, if, if Maggie Smith wanted to stop, she would stop. No, Maggie they're Smith. like they're telling her, Maggie, if you don't act, every Downton Abbey fan will kill themselves. You know, like in the, like the fifties and and all that, where like an actress got into a contract yeah. for so much. I think Maggie Smith is still in that same contract. <laughs> it was Downton Abbey for life from, t- from t- nineteen twelve. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Anyway, it or is Maggie it Smith. is very good. You're right, and the music is really is great. Yeah. The the flashbacks are really good. The acting, the Poirot is great in it because oh, of course he is. Yeah, because I think so many people, if they just treated this Christie as every other Christie, yeah, the characters are just a tiny, tiny bit different. Again, just like a shading or a shadowing different than they would be. Um, and also, they're so young in the book. You don't right. really think of them as so young, and somehow. This is this is without like what what's it called? Not is it de aging? What's yeah. this? That's stupid. Okay, I can never get it right. They just the way they shot it, just with the right. pure use of light and probably makeup, of course. They made these people look fifteen younger. years yeah. younger. It, it's it was just amazing. <laughs> anyway, I just Definitely. like that that it's, they all seemed so young and and like not really caring about life, and it made it more of a tragic thing. Yeah, that this death comes into the life of. And, oh, and also the guy who played Annius, I thought was perfect. Yes, I love Aiden Gillum. Aiden Gillum, anyway, who yeah. now for most people he's famous for um, Game of Thrones, mm. but he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, but he's an amazing sword fighter as well. Uh, mm. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> TV's best hunk sword fighter hunk boy. boy. Hunk boy sword fighter. <laughs> I think I don't know if I'd say it's the absolute best Poirot episode. I don't know what I would say. I'd have to give it thought. But it is one of the best, if not the best. The best? Because I would give that to that. Episode. Death on the Nile, Sad Cypress. The ones, like, I'm... I'm Which are all the same series, you realize. I that, know. Right? Yeah, this is the first... It was, a, it was quite a series, <laughs> it was right? Good. I think it, it would definitely go to one of those three because they all, in some way, I don't know if they're be- they're not better than the book, but they all took great books and did them justice. Mm-hmm. When oftentimes the show would get really nervous when it had a really good... Mm-hmm. And that yeah. se- series, they nailed it and it never quite hit that stride. Yeah, again. I agree. Yeah. I so think it, this, it might be I, the best. I think it might be. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> so I talked about this maybe being a Kenneth Branagh's movie. I think there's a good chance. My idea for how he would shoot it, which is a really... It would be really artistic oh. because... What? You no, know, I was just explaining to Zach as if if you didn't already know that Josh is like, and Kenneth Branagh are now mentally one. Like he can. It wasn't re- on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just drank the same poison. <laughs> they accidentally got into a head-on collision and yeah. became Siamese twins in order to save their Kenneth's life. Kenneth's been here, but he's been really quiet and respectful because he doesn't want the fans to be weirded out. So this is how I feel like a possibility of how he could do it. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the real, a really cool way to do it would be 
as he's having these interviews or reading the manuscripts, either way he does it, each person's narrative is told with a different artistic style. Okay. Like, one character's, like, black and white. Mm-hmm. like Because you see it, obviously, like you did in the Suchet. One's black and white. Uh, one is, sh- like, you know, shot, like, POV. Mm-hmm. And, like, each one he does something different to match the character's personality. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kenneth Branagh would do that. Yes, he would. He I would agree. care. I can't you know? argue with that. <laughs> and, and if either Poirot would insert himself, I mean, Kenneth Branagh, he just is Poirot now. <laughs> either he would insert himself into the story and make himself a character, or I think it also would be cool, as the person is telling him what happened, like, you know, he is just in the flashback with them, mm-hmm. like, hearing them and, like, viewing it mm-hmm. i think people would be annoyed by that but i think it'd be an interesting way to like keep give him screen time because you know that he's gonna be in every shot he needs to be though it's I, I don't series, have a problem with that right? but he he will be and i heard someone speculate that it's possible that this third movie could be a um uh straight to streaming which the only downside being that you don't get to see it on the big screen but a lot of times straight to streamings will be on the big screen but that it'll mostly yeah. have a streaming release that the one benefit would be that they would be able to get away with doing smaller stories like this. They don't right. have to do the big, gotcha stories like right. Death on the Nile. Yeah, yeah. Because because yeah. if if it would, you have to think about like you have to get good box office revenue yes. and, and justify it and stuff like that. And you don't have to do that with streaming. Yeah. And now that doesn't have the stigma that it used to. Right. Um, Not straight to TV. Straight <laughs> to DVD. Straight to Walmart. Yeah. Five dollar bin. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I have I have, wasn't able to think of like cast m- people that I was like oh yeah I want them doing this I kind of had a hard time I I, I can't the only person I thought of was Tobey Maguire as Meredith Blake <laughs> that's all I could think that's of. actually really that's accurate. the only one that I was like oh yes I was like I want Jack Black in there but he doesn't lend himself to any of these roles I want Jack Black yeah. in a Kenneth Branagh movie though because I think he'd be awesome really yeah oh well, we I'm had gonna, Russell gonna... Brand and Josh Gad that's true. That's true. It could happen. And Jack Black is just a really good serious actor, too. He is. Yeah. Bernie. And he's rad. And he's awesome. <laughs> he's He can do anything. Yeah, he can do absolutely He could be anything. Poirot. I'd probably be okay with He could probably be an astronaut, just not talking about movies. Yeah. <laughs> just in well, uh, you know that story, right? That his... You know who his mom is? Who Jack Black's mom is? Mrs. Black? She's... <laughs> Didn't you tell us this on the she's, podcast? She's... I thought I did. Yeah. She's... Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't listen to that. <laughs> no, you knew it because you said the astronaut thing. She worked on the Apollo missions and yeah. she developed the thing that helped get Apollo 13 home. And she was working on the problem lying in the hospital bed while she was in labor with Jack Black. Right. Hmm. I did not remember that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it was on this podcast. She was the one you did. She worked on Bring Me Home the Martian to bring the Martian home. Exactly. <laughs> right. She helped him with the potatoes. Yeah, yeah. She was like, poop on him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so final ranking of Five Little Pigs. I'm really excited for this because I'm really excited for it. What is your final ranking? Okay, so I um, looked at your document, finally. I, I, I forget. Oh, I yeah. genuinely I forget that I have access to it. Yes. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, wow, this is really well done. <laughs> and I Thank was you. really impressed with it. You've got it color-coded. You've got, like, the top 10, top 25. Here? Like which ones are two stars? You, it, it's really impressive. Thank you. I was just. I was oh, there's saying. no and nothing after that. No. Oh, okay. Thank Except you. Except for five little pieces of stupid title. Okay, well that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> but thank you. I did this recently, so we would help ke- oh, better keep track of it. Yeah. I just I I felt thank you. kind of bad and then didn't, but it, that I I forgot that I could look at it and I'm like, wow, this really is very helpful and makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I appreciate. It. 
I think this is better than Murder on the Orient Express. I think so, definitely. I think it's a five-star read. I guess it we agree is, on that. It is five stars. It's better than Cards on the Table, obviously. I personally think that it is better than ABC Murders. Yeah. I think it's better written than ABC Murders and The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Yeah, those both are like more unique. I just think it's better written than both of those. Yeah. Death on the Nile, I feel like I don't know if I could put it above that <laughs> just because of... I figured you would have an emotional connection to it. Yeah, but I could I could see how it could be better. Uh, and I also could see how Roger Ackroyd could be better. It's different. It's just different. I know. It's hard to say. I mean, five stars is five stars. I mean, they're all going to end up being in the top five anyway. Right. It's just, is it better than this? It's better than Cards on the Table. For sure. ABC Murders is currently sitting at number four. I, I just have a um, a particular fondness for that one. Right. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to argue with any of it. As long as I don't it's in argue the top with you. five. I mean, I, so I... No, 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 I'm not going to be like, eh. Yeah, yeah I personally feel like it's better than ABC Murders. That's an early... ABC Murders and Roger Ackroyd are both early Christies. They're both yeah. amazing... But this is a mature writer doing something amazing, which yeah. is why I put it above both those mm-hmm. at number three. I'm, that, that's fine. Isn't yeah. that the coolest thing? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty neat out. Five little pigs. Also number one for greatest title ever. <laughs> and also, that is so cool that we have oh, I just watched seven titles at five stars so far. Seven wow. titles. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna go out and say, go ahead and say it that she's a pretty good writer. <laughs> okay, so we are going to be back with an exciting game right after these messages. You know I hate to interrupt Zach, but I just need to address our audience really quick. Chances are you probably don't start every morning by rubbing beef fat all over your body, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Fatco creates tallow-based cosmetics. And their paleo philosophy looks to the past to discover the secrets of healthy living. To them, returning to the roots of beauty remedies with ingredients like pressed plant oils and animal fats feels natural. Their tallow is derived from the kidney fat, or suet, of grass-fed, pasture-raised cows. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately that went out of style around the time that society decided animal fats were the enemy. Stupid society. But they missed fat so much that they're helping it make a comeback. Tallow from grass-fed cows has a ton of natural nourishing benefits. It contains heavy concentration of vitamins A, D, E, and K, which are all vital for skin health. Fatco has body butters, lip balms, cleansers, even deodorants made from hydrating tallow that are infused with great-smelling essential oils. So, when you use our code, DDTT, you'll get 15% off on FACO.com. That's code DDTT at FACO.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit our website and buy some Don't Drink the Tea merch, or click the link in the description to send a small donation to help sustain future episodes. Thank you. Zach needs to talk a little bit about pigs, three different ones. Okay, here's the thing, is that Josh was right, there are... Three different pigs, yes. as per the title. Now, I'm not too familiar with British 1970s politics, and that's really what it's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can say that he had some hard-hitting lyrics in there. Yeah. I mean, for example, I got I got the lyrics up here. Um, he had, I scrolled down. Um, when talking about, 
um, a lady in office or running or whatever it was named White House. Um, he called her House Proud Town Mouse. Haha, Sherrod, you are. And if that doesn't <laughs> hit hard, I don't know what. That hard. Because then whenever he says, hey, you White House, House Proud Town Mouse, I always mm-hmm. think he was speaking to the U.S. White House. No. But it's someone whose last name is, is White, White House. House. Yeah. Right. I learned that in the Wikipedia article. Yeah. <laughs> I also learned that in this song, it was a bit of switcheroo in the old recording studio. Mm-hmm. David Gilmore played a fretless bass, including oh. two different fretless bass solos, short ones, and David, I mean, and Roger Waters the singer of the song, uh, who's usually the bass player, played a rhythm guitar track. Interesting. But David Gilmore still did play the leads on the whole thing. And I'm assuming, wow. yeah, I would assume David Gilmore did that awesome solo at the end. Yes. And the, the solo in the middle, which is also really cool. Yes, but he also played fretless bass through the recording of it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find live renditions to see if he was playing what he was playing live, but the only the only video I could find of it was in like 2015 of just Roger Waters playing it in Mexico. Yeah. And that's not going to tell me what David Gilmore's up to. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool song. Yeah. I'm giving that, um, I'm going to say two hooves up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I, if you gave more than that, the pick would follow over. Exactly. So... <laughs> Thank it's, you for that ranking. We recommend you all go listen to Pig's three different ones by Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's <laughs> rad. There's a lot of pig noises in it. It starts with me. Yep. Actually, the is before the bing. I'm sorry. If people, was start, if people would start it, they'd be like, what's this song? <laughs> this must not be pigs. <laughs> this is probably pigs two different ones. Yeah. How many pigs? <laughs> all right, Charlotte, why don't you do the game? That's enough talking about pigs. We can talk about pigs for a song. <laughs> It, it's kind of a game. It's not, like, fantastic, but... Um, kind just, of a game? It's, it's kind of a game. I always love that start. It's <laughs> not, kind of a podcast. I'm not going to make you eat anything. You should be happy about that. You say that with so much menace. I'm not going to make you drink anything. I'm, you're just so This time you're going now. to have to absorb something through your skin. <laughs> Stick your hand in it. It's gravy. <laughs> Is it gravy? No! <laughs> she said it was gravy. I'm so confused. If, it, if this wasn't, um, you know, a, a, you know, an auditory medium, I would love for you guys to, like, Put your hand in stick gravy. your hand in gravy. Well, Alana did tell me that she would love it if we had what some podcasts do and just have, like, a wide-angle camera shot mm-hmm. for oh, the whole yeah. thing because there's so many visual things that happen. Right. But I said no. Because <laughs> they'd also see you look dead inside for a while while you think of other things. Because you're not dead inside. No, I'm dead outside. He yeah. was... <laughs> He was uh, practicing um, guitar a minute ago. I was watching his fingers. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> pigs? Yeah, sure. Can you tell what song it is? That's Pigs. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's skip. Okay, so since this book is about retrospect in the past, I'm not doing anything about Pigs, I was going to ask you some questions about what was going on 16 years ago. Okay. So that would be the year 2006, right? Because okay, that gosh. was 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is 2006. So first of all, um, how old were Zach, we? How old was Josh in 2006? In 2006, <laughs> what month? <laughs> the oldest he was going to be it in that year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my goodness. He was nine. <laughs> okay, Zach or Josh? How old was Zach? What <laughs> <One in> month? <laughs> 2006. <laughs> he was seven. <laughs> okay. Josh and Zach, how old was I in 2006? Uh, uh, 28? 
Oh, no. that was right there. Um, you were... You were... Uh, what year did you say? 2006? Yes. <laughs> so 16 years ago. You were 18. <laughs> Slightly more flattering than... Yes. You were 40... <laughs> Um, oh, I'm feeling like maybe 54. <laughs> okay, well, how old are you now? <laughs> yeah, that's where she goes. It kind of gives it away. You never ask but... anyone her age, especially not on a podcast. Okay, how old were you in 2006? <laughs> <laughs> how are you in 2008? Okay, no one will ever away. figure that out. No one will know. 2005? I am currently 37. That doesn't help. <laughs> I still got to do math. Actually, so you'd be 19, right? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't You didn't do that yourself? You don't know? No. <laughs> Well, Why 18 plus well, 18 plus 18 is 36. So, okay. if you were, so if you're 37 now, 16 years ago, you would be 19. Okay, there you oh go. Oh my gosh, whiz. Dude, I'm in construction now. Uh, <laughs> I do I do basic math for days. Go ahead, ask me any math question. 300 divided by 12. I can tell. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you were nine. Yeah. Zach was seven yeah. and I was 19. That's insane. Man. And who would have thought? Does anyone remember what they were doing? I mean, I have other questions. At but nine? I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Me and Zach were, probably, <laughs> Zach were probably playing Chocolate Factory in the dirt. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's probably true. Um, I was in first grade. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Uh, first grade was pretty lit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know me, I don't remember anything. Um, all I remember was the dirt thing. <laughs> we were probably, you think we were still playing with, uh, what were those stuffed animals called we got from McDonald's? Neopets. Neopets. If they were out, yeah, yeah, definitely. We were, we always played with toys, like normal kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just blows my mind to think about that. And also, it yeah. puts it in perspective of, like, when Poirot was asking people these questions, if you try to think about That's what true, you were doing, yeah. if, like, if a I mean, detective we came up yeah. and inter- interviewed you two guys for, like, a crime that committed, yeah. the crime that happened 16 years ago, you would have been like, we were playing, what did you say? Chocolate <laughs> factory in, in, in the dirt. Right. <laughs> At least I they think, were adults. <laughs> I think it's a little bit different when someone goes, you remember that murder that you were directly linked to? Yes. And then you'd be murder. like, yes. Which I was going to make that point as well. But right. even, yes. Or if we were adults and then 16 laters, uh, more Which adults. I was thinking yeah. about that too. Okay, you would remember some sort of like traumatic event. But I, and I do not remember when this happened or how old it was. I saw a plane wreck. Not it actually happened, but I saw it the minute after it happened. Wow. Uh, the single, uh, single engine plane, single person in it. I saw the wreckage. And I that was traumatic. I have no idea when it was. Mm-hmm. I know it was probably 25 years ago. But, like, right. questions about that I could probably answer. But, like, if someone said, how long ago was it, I would have no idea. Which is a but, cool thing, like, that this book kind of plays on is that uh, one of the keys is that Angela does something, oh, like, fishy that has to do with the case. And when Poirot brings it up, she's like, oh, I remember doing that, but I didn't think yeah. it was that day. Yeah, right, exactly. And he's like, yeah, it was that day. But, like, you remember doing something, but you cannot place mm-hmm. where it was. It could have been the same day as as something important in your life, but you might not know. Right, which was very well acted in the Suchet, by the way. That she's that like, moment, yes, yeah, everybody did a great job, but that moment when it dawns on her what happened, and then what that implies. And, and she's she like, oh, wait. all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Man, roast beef. Oh my so gosh! She's like, yes. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> yes, I remember. So, can anyone tell me a movie they Second think time. came out in the year two thousand six? Like, what do you think you might have been? I watching? know stuff that came out in two thousand five. It was a good year for film. 
What was it? Toy Story? Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think. Um, 2006? A movie that came out in 2006. School of Rock? Cat in the Hat? Happy Feet. Oh. That's the only movie that came out? No, that's just the one that you guys probably would have saw. Uh, the other ones were The Da Vinci Code and it. Mission Impossible 3. <laughs> Those are just some of the big ones, yeah. not all. Are you saying them, that I didn't watch the Da Vinci but... Code when I was seven <laughs> in theaters? I did see Happy Feet in theaters. Actually, I didn't care for it. <laughs> I think it went above. Do you remember watching Mr. Popper's Penguins in the two dollar theater? I didn't go with you. I saw it in the two dollar theater. I loved the two dollar theater. Is it not? A, it's not a thing anymore. No, it's not, and it makes me really sad every time that I drive past where it. Can't get nothing for two dollars anymore. Where, what even was that? Never mind. We're on the podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Brazil. <laughs> oh, I love going to Brazil. You go there, get cheap movies, fly back. Yeah, you go there, watch Mr. Powers movies, fly back. Two dollars. So, and, and this how this kind of comes full circle with you know just the world we live in right now. Uh, Twitter was launched wow. in two thousand six. I cannot believe that. Um, and then there's a blank spot that says the most famous person in America was probably, and then it's blank. <laughs> it was mystery man. But um, this this is something that oh oh this is great this um, so <laughs> say it again what, what did you say earlier Toby Stevens was what American TV hunk boy yes so name some American TV <laughs> hunk boys from two thousand six uh, oh gosh um, I don't even care about them now I want to care about them from uh, two thousand six I only know Toby Stevens uh, I just want you to say some probably random person like Sean Connery or something. Tony Shalhoub. Well, around <laughs> this time was when uh, Toby Maguire was Spider Man, right? Oh, that's true. So he was probably a hunk boy around then. Probably. It's I don't not. Know it's that not on was this into list, him as a hunk but... boy though. Well, yeah. Uh, he still doesn't have a girlfriend, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Whoa! <laughs> I just feel shots like... fired. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he doesn't want one. <laughs> I just feel like he's still like. You know, walking down the street doing that dance. <laughs> that wasn't Toby Maguire. That was Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, TV American Hunt Boys. what happened in 2006. <laughs> so I mean, this list... This list, Channing Tatum, Hugh Laurie... Channing Tatum. Hugh Laurie. David oh, Beckham, House? Justin Timberlake, Beckham, yeah. and Johnny yeah. Depp. That's oh, the that reason Hugh Laurie was on there was because... House was big. That was a big thing. thing back and then. the reason Johnny Depp was on there was because Charlie the Chocolate Factory just came out, and he was such a hunk. In there. No, it was <laughs> Pirates. Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean. Pirates, the right. second one, I think, came out in 2006. And this, this yeah, I thought I was really crazy. Again, this is not this is not a game at all. It just makes it. It's just been fun. Yesterday, I was thinking. <laughs> literally yesterday, I was thinking about the Crocodile Hunter, Steve Irwin. Yeah, yeah. I used to love that movie. And like, yeah. and like you know, that was really sad. And how like how many people like kind of affected their whole life of like Australia and conservation and animals and all this stuff. He died in 2006. Oh, I didn't know it was wow. that long ago. I yeah. didn't either. I feel like that happened recently. I know. I did too. <laughs> you know, um, Josh went on vacation to Florida around that time. He still hasn't forgiven me. And <laughs> I, you know, we live on, we, you know, we live in the country on neighbors on property, you know, we're neighbors. And so, what did I do for, like, the entire week he was gone? I, in fact, watched two movies on repeat. Two <laughs> movies. They were The Crocodile Hunter, Steve uh-huh. Irwin, uh-huh. and Scooby-Doo 2, uh, <laughs> Monsters, Unleashed. Monsters Unleashed, the live-action one. <laughs> had I seen Scooby-Doo 1 at that point? 
No. No. <laughs> I think it's a given that Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed is the superior film. It is. <laughs> After rewatching the other one, because yeah. nobody wants to see Scrappy. Right. <laughs> like, Scrappy, you're so old news. Scrappy, no one asked. <laughs> That was nice taking a trip down memory lane. That was, that was not a game at all, yeah. It didn't have to be. We guessed. <laughs> it was just an assignment. <laughs> but we can clearly say that I won. Always. Because mm-hmm. I figured out the math for almost everybody in sure. the room. Sometimes it's nice just to talk. I thought I was... <laughs> I thought I was 21, and I was like, that doesn't sound right, but you're right, it's 19. I think Zach, I think <laughs> you lost when Zach said that you were, what, 34? And no, I said 28, so. <laughs> Which would make me how old now, math? 16 uh, plus 28 would make her 44? Sure. Yeah. That's what my mom thought I was the other day. 44? She was like, oh, here's somebody who's 45 years old. You guys are about the same age. I'm like, mom! <laughs> Come on now. Hey, you know what? It all uh, it all kind of lumps together. <laughs> Oh, just wait till you guys are in your 30s. Once you hit 25, it's, it's all one Oh, man, I'm hitting 25 next month. <laughs> what can I say, man? Uh, you can rent a car. What month? <laughs> <laughs> what month? Which month? How old are you this year? What month? <laughs> what month? Because it depends um, when you ask. <laughs> I think it's given just when your birthday is that month. Year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Don't Read the Tea. We uh, hope you enjoyed it. We hope that you are thinking about what you were doing in 2006. Yeah, let us know. Uh, let us know on our Instagram. And uh, for that plug, if you want more DDTT in your life, you should follow us on Instagram. It's don't. It's nope. It's nope. don't. Don't underscore drink underscore the underscore tea. And visit our website, which is ddttcom.wordpress.com. And check out our merch store there and buy yourself some merch. That way we can actually buy the dot com. (laughs) That's the goal. Please make sure to rank us wherever you listen to us. And spread the word about your favorite Agatha Christie podcast. Next time we're going to be reading The Moving Finger by Agatha Christie. And also we're going to be reviewing (laughs) Hugh Laurie's. A miniseries based on Why Didn't They Ask Evan. So give that a watch. I can already say that we recommend it, but there is a lot to discuss. I'm so excited. So, uh, Zach, can you sign us out with a little bit of pigs? Three different ones. Ha ha, You house proud town, my house. Ha ha.